Father, we pray for every student that's in the classrooms. We pray for every teacher. We pray, God, that your Shekinah, your touchable, your tangible glory, God, is made manifest all over this house, in every classroom, wherever your word is being taught tonight. Father, we thank you for the ones who are here. We ask your blessing on the ones that are on their way. Father, we pray now for the ones that couldn't be here because they had to work or because they're ill. Father, we pray that you would extend your grace toward them, Lord God, that they'll be able to be here next time. Father, take total, total authority, total control tonight, God, and have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Will you put slip those hands together and just celebrate our Lord and Savior? Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. Does everybody have a handout? Everybody have one? Um, we, we, we're still working to, to determine uh, exactly how many we need to print out each time. And so, so we, we've been off a little bit. One, one Wednesday we reprinted way too many and there's one day we kind of we missed it a little bit so we're, we're trying to we're trying to get an average of how many um, we need to print off for all of you um i, I do this because um, god placed this on my heart because i want i want all of us to be serious about our our learning and to take our learning seriously uh, i pray that you take what the things that are being taught um, take those things to heart what's being taught i pray that um that you guys are growing this year we develop everybody say develop we develop this year we're going to develop i'm going to be pushing each of you to discover what what your god-given gift is what your god-given gift your god-given talent we're pushing all of you um to determine that so um this year i pray that if you have not uh come to that realization of what your gift is or what your talent is that that god um, will reveal that to you this year that, that's that's my goal i don't want anybody in our ministry not knowing um what god has called them to do so um now i, I need to see the show of hands of everybody in this room who knows everything there is to know about god you know everything there is to know about god anybody nobody <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, good. So, so we got, we got an even room then. So that means that everybody in this room, present company included, myself included, that means that all of us can stand to know a little bit more about God. Amen. We all can stand to develop. So I don't want anybody to take that, to take that as, as an insult because we all can stand to grow. We, everybody in this room, myself included, we all can stand to develop. Now, um, so this year, as I was praying about this year, I, I spent a whole day praying about this year and what God wanted to do. And God told me this year he wanted he wanted us to develop. He said, this is the year of development. And so we're developing. And yes, we're going to reset. And, and yes, we understand that, you know, we're going to get out of these crooked situations. Hallelujah. We, we get all that. We understand that. But but all of that is revolved around development. The only way you can get that crooked situation is you got to develop. The only way you can press the reset button is you got to develop. Amen. It's, this, this, this these things don't happen on their own. There's something you got to do. Many times we're waiting on God to do the thing that God is waiting on us to do. Amen. And it all happens through development. So tonight I want to I want to take some time. Now, this is the, the teaching tonight will not be an exhaustive teaching, which means that that there's no way I can teach you everything I'm about to teach you tonight in, in one in one sitting. I could take one gift and I could teach on one gift for a full week. I could probably teach on one gift uh, of the spirit probably for a full month if I if I needed to. Um, so tonight I'm going to give you guys a general overview in hopes that you'll be able to go and study these things out for yourself. Now, as a I'm teaching tonight my, my hope is that you will look at yourself and you'll find yourself in these gifts that when you find yourself now you know that you're not crazy you'll say oh that now that's how God you okay I see myself in that gift now before I move on before I move on none of us have all of these gifts oh let me say let me say it like this none of us have all these gifts as our primary gifts None of, these, none of us have all these gifts as our primary gifts. You're going to have primary gifts. Now, understand this, that, that the gifts that you have are gifts from the Holy Spirit, which means that if the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, that the Holy Spirit can manifest any of these gifts as he deems necessary. So that, there'll be times when you weren't friendly, but then one day you'll just be friendly by the work of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm talking to somebody. You know, that's not your primary gift, but the Holy Spirit can move upon you and you'll just, you'll just be that because that's what God needs for you to be at that particular moment. So God gives us these gifts, but, but we allow the administration of those gifts to be led by the Holy Spirit. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Amen. So if the Holy Spirit is in you, everything I'm about to share with you is in there somewhere if God, because the Holy Spirit is in there somewhere. Amen. 
Okay, all right, let's drive on. Okay, let's, 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 I, I, my first set of gifts, and you guys have your handouts, and I put blanks so that, so that I don't have to do all the work. I want y'all to do something, amen? Okay, so I put blanks there, so, so I hope you guys have, have pen and, pen and paper where you can actually jot down some notes. The first set of giftings I'm going to talk about, again, not exa- an exhaustive way, I'm just going to, this is just an introductory way that I'm going to, I'm going to introduce these to you. The first, the first, um, gifts I want to talk about is gifts that communicate God's word. Gifts that communicate God's word. These are the gifts that God gives that actually communicate the word of God. These are your preachers, your preachers. So, so, so we're going to be talking about this. So the first one is preaching. So go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Let's look at verse number three. First Corinthians 14. Y'all, we got a lot of scriptures to go to. So get that Bible out or get that Bible app out or get that phone out. Raise your hand if you do not have a handout and we'll make sure that we'll make sure that you get one. We got, we need one over here on the other side. Amen. So if you don't have a handout, we want everybody to get one. Okay, we're going to talk about the preaching gift. There are some of you in this room, you've been called to preach. You you can run, but you can't hide. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You've been called to preach. You've been called to publicly exclaim the word of God um, to to, to public audiences. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, look at verse number number 3. Y'all have it say amen. Amen. It says, but he who prophesies, underline the word prophesies. Many times we get that word confused. The word prophesy, the word prophesy or the word prophesy in this particular instance means to speak under divine inspiration. That's all it means. It means to speak under divine inspiration. That's what preaching is. Preaching is speaking the word of God under divine inspiration. So oftentimes preaching and prophecy can actually be interchanged in scripture once you understand um, the, the, the meaning behind this particular word. So, um, so here it is. It says, but he who prophesies speaks for edification. Now watch this. Edification means to build up morally. It means to build up moral character. It means to make you stronger morally. That's what the word edification means. It means to build up. So the preaching or the prophesying of the word is designed to build you up. That's kind of what that's kind of that's kind of what kind of what what I'll be doing a little bit tonight is building you up and strengthening you morally. It's for edification and exhortation. Exhortation that that word just means to encourage. It means to inspire. It means to motivate. That's what that word exhortation means. And for the comfort of men. Now you see up on the screen uh, the word preaching means to to the ability to publicly communicate. Those are the two missing words. So write those words in. It is to publicly communicate God's word in an inspired way that convinces unbeliever, convinces unbeliever and both challenges and comforts believers the ability to persuasively declare God's will. Those who have been called to preach, you had not been called just to preach to other believers. You've been called to preach. You've been called to preach to Gentiles. You've been called to preach to people that are that are not saved, people that are that are non-believers, that are non-Christian. And if you've been called to preach, listen, your 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 first mindset shouldn't be to stand behind this 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 pulpit. If you've been called to preach, you ought to be ready to preach anywhere. Hallelujah. People talk about the little man that stands on the side of the road with his little sign, but he out there preaching. Hallelujah. And I'm gonna tell you, you go talk to that man. So who who went to talk to him before? Anybody went to talk to him? Somebody went and talked to him. Did, did that man tell y'all how many people he saved? How, how, how many? Do y'all remember the number he said? 5,000. That man said he's led over 5,000 people to Christ. And y'all think he's crazy. The Bible says he'll take the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise. So that man is out there and he's doing what I believe God has called him to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, how many of y'all can say that with your, you know, clean self and your not standing on the corner self that you got brought 5,000 people to Christ? Think about that. That man said he and he's got a list of people he's won for Christ. Five thousand people, one man. Come on, man. I celebrate. I celebrate that guy. So people call him crazy. But 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 he publicly communicates God's word um, and inspire in a way that inspires and convinces unbelievers and both challenges and comforts believers. So that that's that's the preaching. Um, many again, many of you have been called to preach. And, and when I start teaching about gifts and I, and I did this a couple of years ago, I did a little bit of teaching on gifts. And when I start teaching about this, many of you, you're going to you're going to see the gifts start to rise up in you when 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 your spirit agrees with the gift that's been called that thing is going to rise up in you you're going to feel your baby leap on the inside you're going to feel something leap on the inside when you hear your gift now let's 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 go to the next one the next one is evangelism so go to acts chapter 8 and we won't read this whole thing but i want y'all to see this let's go to evangelism acts chapter 8 acts chapter 8 verse verse 26 acts chapter 8 
Look at verse 26. We're going to talk about evangelism. Some of you have been called to an evangelistic type ministry. Acts chapter 8. Look at verse, verse 26. Say amen when you found it. Amen. It says, now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to, to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a great of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge over all of her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship was returning and sitting in a chariot. He was reading Isaiah, the prophet. He's reading a scroll that had Isaiah's writing on it. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and to sit with him, the place where the scripture um, which he read, and it kind of gives where, where he actually read. Now look at this. Evangelism. You'll see it on the screen. Is the ability to communicate. If you've been called to an evangelistic type ministry, it is the ability to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ to unbelievers in a positive, non-threatening way. The ability to sense opportunities to share Christ and to lead people to respond with faith. A person that's been called to evangelistic type ministry, you're the type of person that doesn't, don't, you don't meet strangers. You'll talk to anybody. And whenever you meet people, you, you, there's always a question in your heart as to whether or not they're saved. If you, be, if you have the evangelistic call in your life, whenever, whenever you encounter somebody, you're always wondering, I wonder if they're saved. And you find yourself, whenever you're talking to someone, you always want to witness to them. You always want to give them the word of God. You always want to know what church they go to. You always want to know if they're saved. When you meet a true evangelist, you're not going to leave their presence. You're not, they're not going to let you leave their presence until they've, until they've determined whether or not you are saved or not. Y'all have ran into somebody like that? When you every time you talk to them, they say something about God and they try to make sure. I, there's, there's a man, uh, I forget his name, but every time I see him, he keeps these little round coin-like things in his pocket. And every time I meet him, he reaches in his pocket and hands me this little coin. This little coin has a has a little, little scripture on it. Hands me this little scripture. There's another man I met. Um, I, I think uh, your your husband. He he keeps these little little marbles or whatever these. Yeah, flat marbles that represent the blood. Every time every time he you know every time you see him, he reaches in his pocket. He grabs some of those marbles and he tells you a story about the marbles after he hands them to him. Well, well, that that's that's that spirit of evangelism. That's that evangelism spirit that begins to rise up in those individuals. And some of you have that. Some of you don't want to be bothered. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me just go ahead and put that out there. Yeah, some of you don't want to be bothered. <laughs> Some of you, when you go out, you don't want to talk to anybody. You don't want nobody to talk to you. You want to talk to anybody. You wear a hat pulled down on your head, all like you wear dark shades. You don't want nobody to talk to you. You don't have them. You don't have. That's not your ministry. Hallelujah. Let me just. If you're wondering, that's not your ministry. At least that that that's that's not your primary ministry. Hallelujah. That's not your primary ministry. Now you can do it if the spirit of God moves upon you, but that's 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 not your primary ministry. Um. So so you you ain't really trying to communicate the good news. You want people to get out of your good face and go and and. <laughs> You can go somewhere <laughs> that's that's just not your ministry okay that, that's okay that's okay but but for those of you who that is your ministry i want you to feel comfortable operating in your ministry amen amen okay um let's look at let's look at missions and of course these are the gifts that communicate god's word let's look at mi missions go to first corinthians first corinthians chapter nine and i want you just to write down the other one um acts chapter 13 verse 2 and 3 but go to first corinthians chapter 9 this is missions. These are people who are called to go to the mission field. First Corinthians chapter nine. Look at verse 19. Y'all have it. Amen. First Corinthians 919. It says, for though I am free. From all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. I made myself a servant so that I can win more men. It says, and to the Jews, I become as a Jew that I might win Jews and to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law to those who are without the law as without the law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ 
that I might win those who are without the law. To the weak, I become weak, that I might win the weak. I become all things to all men, that I might, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Now, look at, look at the definition up, up on the screen. Missions is the ability to adapt. Write that word. The ability to adapt to a different culture in order to reach unbelievers and help believers from that culture. It's an ability to adapt. You can adapt to any culture. Now, some of you, that's not your primary gifts. Because, see, if, let me explain to you like this. If, 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 if you wear your thoughts on your face, you won't make a good missionary. You'll make a good missionary. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, explain, let me explain to you. Because, because when you go to people with a different culture, and let's say that they're eating chocolate roaches, and you look and say, oh, I ain't eating that. You don't make a good missionary. That's not you. Somebody, somebody already said, I'm out the door. That's not me. You, you, don't, you don't make a good missionary. You, you just, if you go over there and they got, they got bones in their nose and they're walking on fire. And you, and you all, you all been out of shape. You say, I'm not doing, I'm not going over there. You don't make a good missionary. You make good, let me tell you the good missionary. The good missionary is when they offer you a chocolate roach. A good missionary says, oh, you know what? I had so many roaches when I was a kid. I just, no, I, I just, I just, child, I just, I just don't, I just don't like one right. I just wouldn't like one right now. Thank you so much. <laughs> Yeah. No, I did have some roaches when I was a kid. I ain't no lie. <laughs> yeah, I just I ate them. I just I had them. I just I had them. I just I ate them. I didn't lie. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just telling you. See, a, a good a good missionary knows knows how to play that off because you don't want to offend their culture. You don't want to be offensive because they're going to be doing some things and, and they're going to be saying some things that, that you may not agree with and you can't wear it on your face. And so what? So many of you, listen, look at your neighbor and say, that may not be your gift. Just tell them that may not be your gift. That may, that may, not, that, that may, not, may not be your gift. 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 You, you may not be called to be a missionary and, that, and that's okay. That, that's, that's quite all right. That, that's quite all right. We're going, we're going to find you in here somewhere. We're going to, you in here. We're going to find you. It's in there. Um, and, and we're, we're going to, we're going to find you. That, that just may not, that may not be your gift. And that's okay. That's okay. But guess what? There, there's somebody in this room. You have the ability to adapt. You have the ability to adapt. You have the ability to adjust. You can do it. And you don't mind adjusting. You want to learn new cultures. You want to learn how to go hunt a, hunt a, a wild hog with a spear. You want to learn that. You want to, yeah, somebody here like that. Yeah, see how you heard it? Oh, yes, there he is, there he is, there he is. I told y'all he's in here, he's in here, he's in here. He, he'd probably make a real good missionary because you know what? Because he'd be excited about new cultures. He'd probably be excited to, to learn new. So name, name something that, that, that you would like to learn from a new culture. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking. That's my dude right there, boy. That's my dude. That's my dude. That's my dude. That's my dude. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Just tell me what I mean. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down, girl. What is it? What are we doing? Give me that box. Yeah, pour me some more. Yeah, give me that bowl. Yeah, don't hide them, divide them, girl. But 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 you see what I'm saying? But that and that and that. So so if so if we were going to do a mission trip, I would call James. Say, look, dude, we got a mission trip coming. Cause you, dude, had a time off. Cause he'd go. He'd eat them roaches. Y'all laughing? He'd try it. You you know what? You know what? You know what happens? And 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 when he takes a bite of it, you know what? Now he's become a part of the tribe. So now they're listening to whatever he has to say because he's he's a part of the tribe now. And the rest of y'all all got y'all face all balled up and they kick y'all out. <laughs> yeah. Y'all can't sleep in the tent no more. Okay. But, 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 but did you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 9? Paul said, I became all things. 
Paul said, I, I became all things to all people so that I can win some. He realized, I'm not going to win everybody, but guess what? There's somebody in this group I'm going to win. And that was the mindset that the Apostle Paul had when, when he went on the missionary journeys. And so, you know, even I, I think uh, Miss, uh, Miss Jasmine is going on a missionary trip. But of course, hers is stateside. But, but there are times when, when I believe God wants us to go to those foreign places, to actually share the gospel and take the word of God to those places. And so we have to look for people who have those giftings. And that just might be his gift. And guess what? He's not by himself. He's not by himself. When he said, he said, uh, what would you call it? What kind of two chocolates? Dark, dark chocolate, milk chocolate. Somebody else said, hmm, I didn't think about that. Somebody else in here said, somebody, somebody, y'all, some of you guys said, oh, that's nasty. But somebody said, wait a minute, that, that don't sound too bad anymore. When you start defining the chocolate, she said, uh-uh. She said, no, that still ain't, that still ain't flying. <laughs> But, but that's okay. That's okay because we all don't have the same gifts. Okay, let, let's look at the next one. Look at the next one. Let's look at the apostle. Romans chapter 15. Go to Romans chapter 15. Let's, let's look at the apostle. And again, these are, these are the gifts of preaching. These are the gifts of the spoken word where God um, gives you the ability to speak under divine inspiration and divine um, instruction of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 15. Let's look at the apostle. Look at the apostle. Romans chapter 15. Look at verse number, verse number 20. Y'all have it say amen. Amen. It says, and so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ is named. Underline that. Not where Christ is is named in other words paul is saying here he said i want to preach the gospel where people hadn't heard about christ that's that's the mantle of an apostle i want to go into a territory that hadn't that nobody's been in they don't know anything about christ and i want to go in there and i want to talk to them about christ um look, look at the definition the ability to start new write those two words the ability to start new churches and to oversee their development to start new churches and oversee their development. Now we have in the body of Christ made that made that a, 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 a progressive hierarchy. We've made it okay. You start out a minister, then you become you know uh, uh, you become a, a preacher or whatever. Then you become a pastor, and the pastor become oh no you minister, then evangelist and missionary, and then you become a pastor, a teacher, pastor, then apostle and all bishop and all that. We've made it to be a hierarchy, not realizing that God didn't put those God didn't uh, uh, he didn't put those in a in a in a, in a hierarchy uh, uh, placement in Scripture. Those, those things are not in, in levels. It just depends on how God uses you. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so, so, so sometimes people ask me, they say, when are you going to become a bishop? They say, when, when are you going to become a bishop? And I said, well, what can a bishop do that I can't do? What, 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 what can he do? Okay, a bishop starts church, church. Well, I can start a church as a pastor. I've been called to be a pastor. I know what my gifting. I'm a pastor teacher. My primary is pastor. My secondary is teacher. I'm a pastor teacher, and I can do this anywhere. And and the same the same gifting that that's on my. Now watch this. Watch this. I can although I, although my my primary gift, my primary um uh my primary proclivity is not to go and start a bunch of churches. I could do that if God unctions me to do that. If God gives me the grace and God anoints me to do that, I could still go and do that. Although that's not my primary focus. An apostle's primary focus is not always preaching as a pastor. I see a lot of pastors who call themselves apostles, but they're not starting new churches. They, they just want them. They just want the, the, the quote unquote notoriety that comes with that name. And they're not doing no more than I'm doing. I know people that have that, that are named apostles that they don't have as many members as we have. They got little small churches calling themselves apostles. Now, if that's what God called you to do, then at least do what your name to suggest that you should be doing. If you're apostle, you're supposed to be starting churches according to Scripture. If you're apostle, that means you should be going into areas that, that is, that, that's not, people are not hearing the gospel. You should be going into those areas, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ into those areas. Not just sitting back with this big old chair with these big old, you know, these, these big, these big, you know, these thrones that we sit on. We should, I mean, what, what is all that about? What is all that about? We, we, and we, we shouldn't, we, now I'm, now I'm not, I'm, it's not for me to, to judge to see who is and who's not. That, that's not my business. All I'm saying is don't get caught up in it. 
That's all. Don't get caught up in that. Know what God has called you to do and do what God called you to do. I know what God called me to do and I'm going to stay in my lane. That's why you don't hear me sing in the microphone. <laughs> because I, I know what my calling is. I'm a speaker, not a singer. Now, can I sing under divine inspiration? Sure. Can the Holy Ghost move and, and man, I can hook up a couple of melodies and tunes and it sounds okay? Sure, I can do that. But that's not happening every day. Trust me. But I, 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 I know my gifts and you guys need to know your giftings as well. Okay, so, so we just went through preaching. What else? Evangelism. What else? Missions and apostles. Those are the gifts to communicate God's word. Now, um, let's look at now the gifts that educate God's people. So we got communicating God's word, and now we're looking at the gifts that educate God's people. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look at the gifts that educate. And it's in this room. Everything that I'm about to name is in this room. Everything I'm about to name is in this room. Everything. Every, every gift, somebody in here has one or more of these gifts operating in your life some of these gifts may be lying dormant in your life because you just haven't you haven't endeavored to 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 seek these gifts um i tell you what go to ephesians 4 look at verse number 11 start at verse number 11 ephesians 4 11 say man when you found it okay what does it say he gave some to be what apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors and some teachers verse number 12 why for the equipment, uh, I won't try to under if, if 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 you have not underlined that, underline it in your Bible because this is this is my primary focus this year, so that you guys can be equipped. I don't want I don't want just a church that knows how to shout on command. You guys have to be equipped. You guys have to get this word. You know what? I, I was talking to somebody the other day, and um uh, and I and I said, well, I said, well, I asked him a question. I said something like, um. Well, well, you know, uh, uh, how, how, how do you how do you feel about me? I was asking another another brother. So how do you feel about me? You know, well, well, how, how do you feel like I'm doing? Here's what he said. He says, well, well, you you are you a good teacher. Yeah, you you a good teacher. Now, understand this. Typically, when people say you a good teacher, that means you can't preach. That's what they mean when they say, well, you're a good teacher. When they say you're a good teacher, that means that you, you can't preach. Okay, but watch this. Watch this. But check this out. Check this out. Did you know that Jesus was never called a good preacher? Whenever they talked about Jesus, you know what they, so you know what? He actually gave me one of the highest, the highest uh, accolades that he could have ever given me without realizing that he did that. Because whenever they saw Jesus, you know what they called him? Good teacher. That's what they called him. Good teacher. So he was a good teacher. So you know what? When somebody says to me, you're a good teacher, you know what I say? Praise God. Praise God. Because that's one of the highest accolades that anybody could ever say is that you're a good teacher. I would rather any day people to say you're a good teacher than to say you're just a good preacher. Are y'all picking up what I'm putting down? Hallelujah. I want to be a good teacher. Ephesians chapter 4. Look at verse number 12. For the what? For the equipping of the saints. You guys are going to be equipped. You guys are going to be developed this year. For the equipping of the saints. Why do we need to equip the saints? For the work of the ministry. Write that down. You didn't, God didn't just send you here just to be here. He didn't send you to this church just to come and just, you know, just to, just to sit around and look good and, and wait down that pew. No, no, no. There's some work of the ministry that needs to happen. He sent you here, so he's got to equip you for the work of the ministry. What else? What's the second reason he's got to equip you? For the edifying. What's the word edify mean? To build up. So it's your responsibility to help build up this body. Did you realize that? Y'all thought it was all my, my job. It's not all my job. Not all my responsibility. Your responsibility, too, is to help build up this body. You know what that? You know how you do that? By being equipped. By knowing what your gifting is, by using your gifting all the time, by using your gifting, especially in this ministry. And I'm going to share some others with you that, that that's, that's really going to make sense. Okay, um, let's look at, look up at the screen. I want you all to see this. It says the ability to educate, write that word, the ability to educate God's people by clearly explaining and applying the Bible in a way that causes them to learn. The ability to equip and train other believers for ministry. The ability to educate. 
Some people just, they have a hard time formulating thoughts. Some people have a hard time articulating what they're thinking. Well, that person may not necessarily be a good teacher. I know, I know preachers who cannot teach. I know preachers who cannot, every time they stand up to teach, they're going to start hooping. They hoop every Sunday and every Wednesday night. I'm telling you now, I'm, I'm, it, it is, it, you know why? So what, what, what should happen in that regard, they should find somebody in their ministry who has the gift to teach and to give them those teaching opportunities. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Okay, so, so you, got, you got to know what, 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 your, what your calling is so you're not operating out of your calling. Because operating out of your calling doesn't edify the body. If you don't like people, you shouldn't be an usher. That doesn't edify the body. You shouldn't be a greeter if you don't like to smile. That doesn't edify the body. It edifies the body when you're operating where God has called you to operate. That's when the body is edified. That's why that, 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 that's, that's, that's when the glow or the grace of God is on your life because you're operating right where God wants you to operate. That's when the body is edified. I'm, I've, been, I've been called to be a pastor. I've been called to be a pastor. If I'm in the sound room every Sunday, we're not edified. If I'm in the sound room every, every Wednesday night, we're not edified. You know why? Because something is out of order. I'm not in position. And other people are not in position. Y'all picking that up? You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be counting money if you got money problems of your own. Come on, pick up what I'm putting down. No, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we got, we got too many people in the body of Christ that are operating out of order. They're, they're operating, let me say it like this, they're operating outside of their primary gifts. We, we're, we're focused on too much stuff and we're not focused on the thing, the one thing that God called you to do primarily. Am I making sense? Yeah, you can do it. Yeah, you can do all of that. Yeah, you can juggle all that stuff, but, but why? Why juggle all of that? Why, why try to handle all of that? Why not, why, not, why not be excellent at one thing? Why not find one thing in your life and be excellent at that instead of being mediocre in a bunch of different things? So teaching, educate. Now watch this. Now, 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 and so, and so, so there are many gifted teachers in here. I'm not the only teacher. There are many of you in here are very gifted, anointed teachers. There, there are people in here that can teach rings around me. And you know what? I welcome it every day. I want you to teach. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not intimidated. I'm not intimidated by anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care how good you are. It just doesn't bother me. You know why? Because I know who I am. You, you can bring a better teacher in here and move me out the way and make him pass or this church will go down. Let me say that again. You can move me out of the way, bring a better teacher and a better preacher in here, and this church will go down. You know why? Because God didn't call them here. God didn't call them to be here. God called me to be here. I'm anointed to stand right here. I'm anointed to do what I do. And I know that. That's why it don't make me any different. Because I, I, I know what my calling is. And I know where I've been called. And I know what I've been called to do. So it don't make me any difference. It don't bother me. So come teach. I mean teach until we all happy. Hallelujah. I love it. That make my job easier. I don't have to fix nothing. I don't have to go behind you and try to work nothing now. You preach. You did a great job. I can sleep well at night. No bother me. Please do it right. Hallelujah. All right. Go to um, Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. This is the gift of encouragement. I like this gift. The gift of encouragement. Reginald Arnett has this gift. If you ever come across that dude, that dude going to squeeze all the blood out of your hands when he shake your hand. <laughs> he wants you to know he's there. Acts chapter 14, look at verse number 22. And, he, and, he, and, and, and he, he's not the only one. He's not the only one. There, there are many others who have the gift of encouragement. I, I'll, I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Um, the gift of exhortation or encouragement. Acts chapter 14, look at verse number 22. What does it say? Strengthening what? The souls of the, the disciples. Go ahead on. Woo, I love it. Exhorting them to do what? To do what? To do what? To do what? Continue in what? Continue in. Exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying. What is he saying? We must through many tribulations. 
Enter the kingdom of God. You know what he's doing? He's encouraging. He's encouraging. He's, in, he's, he's encouraging that through many tribulations, man, we're going to get to this kingdom. He's encouraging them to continue in the faith. That's what that word is. That's what the gift of encouragement is. The person, see, I, you want to hang around somebody that has the gift of encouragement. Because when you're down, boy, they're they not going to go down there with you. And if they do, they come down there to pick you back up. They're coming down there to, to say, hey, man, we can, you can, man, you're stronger than this. You can make it through this. you got to have at least one friend on your team that has that gift of encouragement. they got to be one. All y'all can't have the same pity party. Y'all remember, y'all remember Hee Haw? Anyway, I'm, I'm dating myself, but yeah. <laughs> I forget that song that they used to sing. Yeah, that's it. They do. They singing it together. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but but you don't need somebody that when you down, they just gonna get down there with you. And you tell them about your problem and tell them about theirs. Child, I got a headache. Well, you know my feet was hurting yesterday too, child. You like God, man? I'm just. I'm trying, but that that's but that that's not somebody's gift of encouragement. You got to have one person. That'll be one person in your life that has the gift of encouragement. Who do you call when you need encouragement? And watch this: a person with the gift of encouragement, you don't have to say a word to them. When you call, they hear your voice. They're gonna know something's wrong, and they're automatically gonna start gonna kick in. They're gonna automatically start saying things. It's going to kick in automatic. That's that person with the gift of encouragement. And it's going to happen now. They just encourage. It's a person that's, it seems like, like they never have bad days. They're always smiling. Always. They, matter of fact, the person with the gift of encouragement, they have the ability to encourage themselves. That's what David did. They have that ability to encourage themselves. Let's, let's look at the definition. It is the ability to motivate, write that word, to motivate God's people to apply and act on biblical principles especially when they are discouraged or wavering in their faith, the ability to bring out the best in others and challenge them to develop their potential is somebody who has the gift of motivation. Now, the gift of motivation is sometimes hard to receive if, if you don't know who you are and you don't know who they are. Because sometimes to be honest, we want to we want to live in our pity party. We don't want to come out. We don't want anybody. We want somebody to get down there with us and wallow in the mud with us. Hallelujah. We don't want anybody. We don't call, We don't want to know what's right. We want to slap. We want to cuss and cut. We want to be mean. We want to be mad. We want somebody to help us be mad. And we don't want the gift of encouragement. We don't want that gift at that time. But that's the gift that you need at that time. Somebody who's, who's watch this, watch this. They're going to, they're going to motivate God's people to apply and act on biblical principle. In other words, when you broke, you don't want to talk to an encourager because encourager going to ask you if you've been tithing. You don't want to talk to him or her. Because an encourager is going to say, you need to operate the biblical principle. When you're mad, an encourager is going to ask you, have, have you prayed for them? So you won't talk to them at that moment. But they, that's what they're going to say to you. Have, have you prayed for them? Have you prayed? And so they, you know what they're going to say? They're going to say, Pastor Love said, prayer purges the heart of his cares. Have you prayed? Because, because they're, they're, they're actually trying to get you. They're actually trying to set you free. But in many, many cases, we don't want to be free. So we're talking to the encourager, but, there's, but there are many of you in this room, right? I can point you out. There are many of you in this room right now, you have the gift of encouragement. When somebody's down, I can send them to you, and you're going to encourage them. You're going to uplift them. So Sister Starling has that gift, the gift of encouragement, just to motivate and to build you up. Okay, let's go to the next one. Wisdom. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and I'm almost done. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, let's talk about the wisdom. These are the gifts to educate. Wisdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, look at verse 1. It says, and I, brethren, 
when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So wisdom. Let's look at wisdom. I'm going to give you our definition. Write this down. The ability to understand. Write that word. It is the ability to understand God's perspective on life's situations and share those insights in a simple, understandable way. The ability to explain what to do and how to do it. Just in simple terms, wisdom is the ability to understand God's perspective on life. What's God's perspective? How, how, do, how, how would God do this? And the way you get wisdom, of course, you can get wisdom from, from experience, but there's a lot of wisdom that just comes from just simply reading the word of God. If you read Proverbs, a chapter of Proverbs, I think some of you have been doing that, read a chapter of Proverbs every day, you'll be amazed how much wiser you'll become just by reading God's word and getting those principles on the inside of you. Taking that word, reading it, getting those, downloading those principles on the inside. I had somebody call me and ask me what I co-sign uh, for them for a car, and I, I remembered the principle. The Bible, the Bible actually teaches against that. The Bible teaches against co-signing. And so I, I remember the wisdom and said, you know what, I, 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 can't, I can't do that. Um, um, maybe we, you can work something else out. But, but, but according to Scripture, the Bible says that that's not wisdom. So, and, and so I was able to operate that by just looking at what the Word of God says. If you just read the Word, the Word will keep you out of a whole lot of trouble if, if, you, just, if you just read it. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible even talks about not staring at them wine bottles too long. Come on out there, store. Don't be cashing your check at the liquor store. Go somewhere else. Get you a bank. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Wisdom. Let's look at discernment. First John chapter four. First John chapter four. Y'all go to the scriptures. Y'all need y'all need to become proficient. Don't be lazy. And just look on with your neighbor. No, you need to get your Bible and turn. Your Bible in turn. Amen. Look, get, get, get in the habit of learning what these scriptures are. Get in that habit. Turn. Look. Some of y'all being too lazy. Quit doing that. Look. Some of y'all don't know if y'all need to go to the right or to the left. You don't know. You just be just turning, flipping, hoping that you see it by accident. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Some people close their Bible up all the way every time. They close it up and they start to begin. And hopefully they can see it jump out. I see y'all. Y'all close your Bible every time. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Amen. Uh-uh. I can't let them make it today. Uh-uh. I got to give them encouragement. Okay. Let's look at discernment. First John chapter four, y'all there? First John chapter four. Um, look at verse number one. First John chapter four. Look at verse one. Beloved, um, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit whether they are of God, because many false prophets have come and gone into the world. By this you will know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus. Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard was coming and is now already in the world. Verse number four, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he that is in the world. Some of y'all been looking for that. Y'all need to go ahead and write that down. Y'all been looking for that scripture. Verse number five, it says they are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world and the world hears. We're of God. He who knows God hears us, but he who is not of God does not hear us. But this we know, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. I want you all to look up at the screen. Look at this. Um, the ability to distinguish. Write that down. The person with the gift of discernment, they have the ability to distinguish right from wrong, truth from error. Write that down. That's the primary meaning of that particular gifting. Many people... When you find somebody who only say they have the gift of discernment when they're talking about somebody who's messy. Let 
Many people say, well, I got the gift of discernment, child. She, he ain't right or she ain't right. I got the gift of discernment. That's not the gift of discernment. That's really the gift of message. It don't take a rock of science to tell if a person, you know, is, is good or bad. You know, you could kind of, you don't necessarily need something supernatural for that. Streetwise, let you know if people are, are up front or not, if people are cool or not cool. You, you don't need that. The gift of discernment, the gift of discernment, well, a person that truly has the gift of discernment, watch this, they use it first on themselves before they use it on anybody else. A person with a gift of discernment use it on themselves because they have to discern whether or not the word of God or the word that they're hearing is truth or error. And then they adjust their lives based on what they heard. Somebody's got the, 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 uh, the discernment for everybody else besides themselves. That's not the real gift of discernment. Or they're not using it properly. The gift of discernment not only discerns evil spirits, but it discerns good spirits as well. It discerns good spirits because we just read it. The ability to distinguish right from wrong, truth from error. Now, the gift of discernment was was it was important in John's day because because um, they were hearing the, the, the gospel for the first time. And many false prophets and many false teachers was out there. So many false teachers and false preachers had gone out. So the gift of discernment was needed because somebody had to determine if what this man was saying was right or not. They didn't they didn't know if it was right. So that's really what the gift of discernment was really designed for is to is so that when false preachers and false teachers came forward, the gift of discernment in people would rise up and go back and say, no, what they said wasn't right. That was that teaching wasn't right. It, it wasn't to determine if a person was messy or not. But but that that's that's what we've made it to become. We've made it to become determined. Uh, no, uh, uh, they ain't right. Uh, they spirit. I got the gift of discernment. Uh, they ain't right. Okay, well, 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 who who is right? Who is right? Or, or, or what? Or what is right? To distinguish between right from right, excuse me, from right and wrong, truth and error, and to give, watch this, an immediate evaluation based on what? God's word. So if so, if a person operating that gifting, and and they're not back at supporting what they're saying with God's word, then it's really not them operating in in the authentic gift of of discernment that God gives. Well, that comes through the working of the Holy Spirit. We've muddied that water so much that, you know, we just make people, we just tell people, oh, you got the gift of discernment because you, you knew that they was going to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, you just, you, you just knows it. That's how you knew it. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay. The ability to discern whether the source of an experience is Satan, self, or God's spirit. Everybody that shout ain't shouting under the unction of the Holy Ghost. I wish I had time. I told you I could take one, one, one uh, uh, a gift and teach on it for a month. Everybody that shout, everybody that gets up and say they have a word from the Lord, it's not always a word from the Lord. Are y'all hearing that? And just because you go to a church where a prophet and he gave you a prophecy, just because he told you something good don't mean that that's what God said. It was good, but it wasn't God. It didn't come. To, you've been living right and it still ain't coming to pass. Some of y'all still waiting on prophecies to come to pass from 20 years ago. And so the gift of discernment is able to say, you know what? I heard what he said, but I don't believe that that's what God is saying to me. Y'all hearing that? And so watch this. Now watch this. Now, now the Bible actually says that that you can covet these gifts. In other words, you can desire to have these gifts. You can pray and say, God, I need the gift of discernment. Matter of fact, as matter, well, hallelujah. Listen, if you're single and seeking, you need to pray for the gift of discernment. So you didn't know if that joke lying or not. Because just because he get up and leave don't mean he going to work every day. I'm preaching, betting y'all give me credit for y'all ain't got quiet on me up in here. You need the gift of discernment. If, 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 if you're about to go into business with someone, you need to pray for the gift of discernment. Lord, I need to know, I need to know if this is, if this is you or if this is, if this is something that, that, that Satan has drummed up for me. Does that make sense? Gift of discernment helps you. To, now, now again, now, now you can use these outside, but God really wants us to use these on the inside. He will also use his own inside because these gifts edify the body because there are many people being fooled and many people being deceived. Many people, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a, a woman came to me one time. I don't know if it's a woman. I think it's a woman or a man. Um, I forget where it's been, it's been some time ago. And, and they said that they said that this 
she said that this guy who was married was her husband. In other words, she said, he's supposed to be my husband. And she said the Lord told her that. Okay, now it don't take a rocket science to discern that. I mean, you know, you, know, you, you don't have to be an astrologer or anything to, to know that, that God, didn't, God didn't tell her that. But guess what? So many people are being deceived like that. that this, they, they, they said, something told me. Something told me. And maybe something did, but it wasn't, that wasn't God. Am I making sense? And some people believe like that. Some people think like that. Some people believe that movie stars are supposed to be their husband. Anyway, let me, let me get off that. I told you all I could take this. I can go, I can go a long time off this. Um, I'm gonna give y'all the last one, and then then I'm, I'm not gonna be able to finish this, but I will give y'all the last one. Don't don't turn there, but just jot down Daniel chapter one verse seventeen because I gotta stop here. Daniel chapter one verse seventeen. Here, here's the answer: the ability to discover, collect, and analyze. Discover, collect, analyze, and organize information that is vital to individual believers or to the entire church family. The ability to comprehend a large amount of information and provide it when needed for effective decision making. Ms. Clefricia has that gift and many others have that gift. You have you have the ability to compile or get a lot of information together to go out and get some information and bring all that information together. And then you're able to to give it back to the body. Um, many of you, um, many of our um, the ladies that that work with um um, our event planning, Miss Sheila and Miss Carrie and many others, they go out and they get a bunch of information and they bring that information back, the information that, that is pertinent to the body. And many, many of you guys can do that. There are many others in this room that actually have the gift of knowledge. You just, you just, you just know it when you know it. You just know it. when it's time to know it, you just, you just know it. And you'll stay up all night trying to figure it out. If I were to ask some of you, um, how how do we is if can is it possible for us to write a grant to get some money to feed children? Some of you, some of you, Miss Shannon has that gift. Some of you would, some of you would, y'all would stay up all night trying to figure out how to get a grant. Some of y'all be asleep. Y'all ain't studying them kids. <laughs> But some of you. Like Miss Shannon, stay up all night trying to figure it out. She's going she to compile the information and she's going to bring all that information back. And she's going to say, here, Pastor, here's what I found. I weeded out what we couldn't use, but here's some things that, that I believe we can use. And she's going to do that. And many of you guys have that gift. Now, you didn't know that until now, but now, now you know it. And now you know that's how God used And we need people like that. We need people who's able to go out and compile a bunch of information and bring it back and then offer it to say, here's, here's what I found. Does that make sense? Y'all, I could go on and on. I, and I love teaching this stuff. I could go on and on, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop right there. Will y'all just give the Lord a hand just to signify that we are closing? Woo! Oh, 